I want to start with a question for you, okay? And here is the question. It's a pretty basic question, but here's the question. How's everybody doing? Okay, all right, all right. You know, um, when we ask that question, typically in most social settings, most of the time it's just kind of understood. You say, hey, how are you, right? And somebody says back, I'm fine. How are you? That's kind of how it goes down. Now, a lot of times, especially in the role that I'm in as a pastor, it doesn't always go like that, and that's fine, okay? I'm, I'm fine with that. Although some of you have said I have the spiritual gift of making people cry whenever I ask that question. I don't even mean to. Sometimes we might be in the grocery store, and I see you, and I just say, hey, and I'm there to get milk, and I just say, hey, how are you doing? And then, and then and sometimes that happens, and that's okay. There was somebody else that was in the news this week who asked that question, how is everybody doing? And he did this on his social media platform, and that's Elmo. Elmo asked this question this week. Some of you maybe heard about this, okay? Sweet little Elmo, and in his kind-hearted Sesame Street uh, kind way, just simply on his, which I didn't realize that Muppets have uh, Twitter accounts, but they do, okay? And on X or Twitter, whatever you call that, but Elmo simply, this has been in the news all week, Elmo simply asked, he said, he said, hey guys, Elmo's just checking in, and he asked the question, how's everybody doing? And it kind of blew up this week. And uh, I saw it in the news, not on social media, but it, they, but it blew up. And in fact, so much that Elmo was even on like Good Morning America, one of those they brought him on about the question because within two days, there were at least 20,000 replies to Elmo's question, most of them who cannot, which cannot be repeated up here, okay, of what people actually said back to him. Uh, some of them were humorous. Some of them were very telling about the desperation in our culture. And in fact, to the extent that uh, a well-known comedian who was also on the Today Show or whatever it was went over and even choked Elmo for asking that question, okay? And, uh, but here are some of the responses. I saw this this week and I thought, man, that's so interesting that people would feel like the, a Muppet would be somebody that they could actually be candid with how they're really doing, and people did. And this is some of the stuff that they said. One guy said, every morning I cannot wait to go back to sleep. Every Monday I cannot wait for Friday to come. Every single day and every single week for life. That was one reply to Elmo. One said this, Elmo, I am depressed and broke. That's the reply back to Elmo. By the way, it was not just 20,000 uh, like replies. There were like 60 plus thousand retweets and all of it. I mean, it was like firestorm all over. One said this, uh, Elmo, uh, I'm at my lowest, but thanks for asking. One said, Elmo, I've got a level with you, baby. We're fighting for our lives. <laughs> this was my favorite one. Elmo, sorry, this question is above your pay grade. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and I thought, you know what, sometimes whenever I've asked that question and some of the replies that I've gotten, you know, I thought, I kind of chuckled to myself because I was like, when Elmo actually probably was wanting to respond back, Elmo went from this face to probably that face. <laughs> like, man, I, this is above my pay grade. I didn't expect to get that. There are times when maybe you've asked that question to somebody and you've gotten how they really are, and that may be the face that you have, and you don't know how to respond. It's above my pay grade, too. There are many times where I'm like, 
man, I don't know how to respond to that other than I just love you and I'm, I'm sorry to hear that or whatever. And I started thinking this week, you know, it's above our pay grade, above a lot of other pay grades, but I thought, you know, there's really only one that whenever you get to the root of the question of how you're really doing, there's only one that it's not above his pay grade. Do you know what Jesus said to people who were desperate and broken and weary and struggling and depressed and struggling with anxiety and all kinds? Jesus said these words, and this is what he says to you this morning as well. Jesus said, Come to me, all of you, all of you who are what? Weary and carry heavy burdens. And Jesus said, and it's a promise, I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. You can sit with me for a spell and rest. And and then he goes on, go to the next part of that verse, and look what he says. Take my yoke upon you. And then he says these words to these people, and let me teach you, right? We've been talking about discipleship and what it means to begin to follow Jesus. What does that look like? Instead of presuming that everybody knows, he said, let me teach you. And then he says, let me tell you the kind of teacher that I am because I'm, I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. And then he promises again, there it is again, and you will find, you will find, say it with me, church, rest for your souls. I started thinking, wow, you know, um, this is so different than what most of what we will hear all of the time that's out there because it's not like, it's not like um, the fourfold path to enlightenment that you might hear from Buddha. It's not the five pillars of, uh, of, of peace uh, that, that that's what Islam preaches these pillars of submission into peace or or even the latest self-help gurus 10 steps to finding peace do you, did you hear what was just said right here this is so different than everything else you know why it's different because Jesus offers himself to you and me himself he says i i i will this yoke, I, I, I actually, Randy has a yoke that I could have used today, but that, I don't want to get down into that today. But there's this yoke, uh, and, and he's essentially saying, come with me, I'm going to walk with you in the day. And I'll take the burdens, but we're going to go together in this, and I'm going to show you how to do that. That's what oxen would do, is they'd put a, a, a one who was uh, more grounded and older and seasoned with a younger one, and, they, and, and the older one would show him how to do it. He's like, I'm going to show you how to do this. You'll find some rest for your souls. And, you know, we've been in this series called Be Like Jesus. And what we've been talking about, if you're new here today, welcome. If, you're, if you've just started out with us, I, I can't uh, just express to you how thankful we are that you've come here to be with us. Because our church is, is a growing church, and uh, we're growing to be a bigger crowd. But what our heart is is not to be a crowd. Our heart is to be a church. Our heart is to understand what that looks like and what that means. And so there are what we've been exploring since the first of the year is these environments of where we grow as followers of Jesus. And we've been talking about this idea of discipleship and what that means. I want everyone here to begin to understand discipleship means it's you're a learner, you're a follower of Jesus. What does it look like to follow Jesus? The goal of discipleship, and I've been asking this every week, is what? It's the title of the series. The goal is what? Say it with me. To be like Jesus. 
And we overcomplicate that and we, we make it more than what it is. And Jesus said, follow me and, and, you know, and I'll come, I'll give you rest, but I'll also show you how to do life in such a way that you experience me and you experience the fullness of me and you experience the peace of me, but also we're going to do life together. I'm going to teach you what it looks like. So these environments that we've been talking about, okay, we talked for a couple of weeks about what's called the row. And in the row, this is where you are right now. And these are, we don't do this because a pastor came up with this or whatever. This is things that we see Jesus doing in the scripture. What we see Jesus as he would pour into others, he would talk to people essentially who what we're calling the row okay and in the row what you have is there's a teaching that is given and in the teaching the the teaching is central to or the teaching is centralized by God's word and just because you walk in this place doesn't guarantee that you're going to walk out being like Jesus no more than if you were to walk into a gym we've been saying uh, and expect that just because you walked into a gym that you would you would experience physical transformation. There is a participation on your part. When you allow God's word in as it's taught, okay, then this is what 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 tells us. It tells us that the word will teach you the way of Jesus. Sometimes it will rebuke you if you get off of the way of Jesus. The word will correct you and help you get back onto the way of Jesus. And then the word will train you how to stay on the road of Jesus, how to stay on that path. And so that's what this time is typically for. There's a teaching time. It's typically bigger groups. Jesus would teach to crowds. And Jesus would do this teaching. People would press in. People were coming from all over. And he would teach to crowds. And then there would be people that would walk away. And they would either decide to do something with what they've heard. Or they would reject what they heard. Or they would forget about what they heard. This was very common. And this is what Jesus would say. You're not guaranteed to grow just because you come and you sit in a row. Some people sit in rows in churches all of their life and they they don't look like Jesus. They don't grow to be like Jesus. Any more than if you watch informational videos on YouTube of how to get in shape. You can watch those all day. That doesn't make you get in shape. You got to put it into practice, okay? So we've been talking about rows, and then we started talking about we're not trying to grow a crowd. I'm thankful that our church is growing. I love that attendance is even strong on a, on a day that's rainy and people are sick and you're here and you made it. But I want you to know, especially if you're new, we're not trying to grow to be big. Jesus didn't call us to grow crowds. He told us to help people grow and to make disciples of Jesus. And so that's why we're doing this. And so Another place where Jesus did this was in circles, in circles with with people. And the goal of each of these, the goal of the row is to be like Jesus. The goal of the circle is to help us learn, help each other be like Jesus. That's where we do life together. Jesus picked some guys to walk with him in life. That was his circle. He even had an inner circle of Peter, James, and John. And he poured into them and they, they did life together. The circle is where we help each other grow to be like Jesus. And we flesh out the teachings that are given from God's word. Okay, and yesterday was an awesome day. We had a men's event yesterday. It was, I believe, it was, maybe it was the biggest one we've ever had. And it, it was a breakfast. We just opened God's word. There was a teaching in rows. And then, you know, it was really cool. There were a lot of men that were broken into circles. There were over 114 men yesterday who just said, I'm ready to step up and follow Jesus. I love that. Okay, can we clap for our men? We want to encourage that. And um, 
And this happens in our student ministry. Circles happen with our kids. It's a value because we see Jesus doing this with others. Now, what we talked about for the last week and what I want to kind of close out with in this series with is this area that we call, this environment for growth is called the chair. And the chair, again, is where I also grow and where I sit and I'm going to tell you what, this is what we do in the chair. It's alone time with our creator. It's imperative that you have this time with God. Why do we do this? You find that even Jesus at the pinnacle of his ministry, when everybody wanted something from him, would draw away to a solitary place by himself to connect and reconnect with the Father and get guidance from the Father and get guidance for the mission because everybody has an agenda for Jesus. Everyone has an agenda for you. This is where I sit still. I shut out all the noise for a moment. If I got to throw the phone out the room, uh, out of the room, whatever. Um, I I stop all of my striving because I'm a striver. I'm task oriented. I'm going right. I'm busy. You're busy. I stop. I slow down. I sit still. I see striving. I listen, and I do this. I surrender. I surrender. It could be a, a, a few moments. It could be an hour. It could be whatever you have time for in that day. But what we find is consistently Jesus did this. And if Jesus does this, how much more do we need this in our lives to connect with the Father where, we, where this is what happens also in the chair. Jesus gives me the invitation. And he says, this is where I want you to come to me, Bart. This is where I want you to come to me and whatever it is that's bugging you today, I want you to talk to me about this. And, and, and here's what happens. And that I, I began to do business with God. I'm going to show you more of what some of my own chair time looks like, not because mine's the only way to do it. I just, want, I just want you to know that there are ways to do this. I don't want to presume that you know how to do this. We've been doing that as pastors for too long. And we've been thinking that everybody knows how to do this. And there are a lot of pastors that don't know how to do this and who don't do this. This is just so important for us to grow to be more like Jesus. What does it look like? What does it mean? Okay. And so this is a time where Jesus says, hey, I'm going into the day. This isn't your day. This is the day the Lord has made. I want to invite you to go with me. Remember, take up the yoke. You come with me and I'm going to show you how to live this day. All right. I, or I can skip. And I can charge into my day, and then I'm doing damage control the rest of the day <laughs> with you and with others because, man, I can, I can really jack it up. Um, and so, but this is what happens, and I, I, I want you to know, in these environments, these are some of the environments where we can grow. This is where it's, it's this pivotal moment we get to spend with Jesus. And I know there's something that God pressed on my heart to say to you this week, and that is this. Um, some of you might call this a quiet time. If you, if you grew up in church, you maybe heard that term. Some of you might call it the chair. Whatever it is, just your time alone with God. The thing that I started thinking about this week is a lot of times when pastors or churches start talking about this, and it's important that we talk about it, a lot of times people who are believers start feeling really condemned and because they've blown it or they got busy or something happened and they don't do it or they don't know how to do it or whatever. And I just felt this week when I saw the stuff with Elmo and the way people are feeling and all that, you know what I mean? I thought, I don't want you to feel that way today. That's not of the Lord. What I want you to know is this, is that you have an invitation from Jesus 
right? I don't want you to view the chair as a chore. The chair is not meant to be a chore. The chair is this invitation. The chair is this place where, where Jesus says, I, I want to be a part of your life so much because I made you to walk with me. And this is where this can happen. Again, when I say a chair, it doesn't have to be a chair. It could be, there was a guy in the first service that asked me, he said, can my chair be whenever I'm on a, a leather chair that has handlebars and I'm rolling down the road? I said, oh, okay, yeah, I think so. If you've been, that's where you get alone with God. He said, that's where I pray a lot, you know. And I said, well, I don't know how you're going to read the Bible there, but that's fine, whatever, okay. But the point is, is that you are finding a place consistently and you're doing this because not because you have to listen to me my friends because we get to right this is what we get to do this is why jesus came so that the veil that had separated us would be we could have access to the father we get to do this jesus has offered us not condemnation he's offered us the gift of himself this is what we get in the chair these environments are so important, and, and again, I want you to know this is why we do this. Now, I, I want you to think about something, too, that your life also, if you're a follower of Jesus, your life is like a bridge. I want you to know. Your life is like a bridge, and I want to show you this picture of this bridge right here. This is a bridge. Anybody know what bridge that is? That is the Brooklyn Bridge, okay, in New York, and it connects Brooklyn to uh, Manhattan. And you see those towers that are there? Now, this thing is 140 years old, and it was developed, uh, those of you that are into engineering and things like this, there are books about what an engineering feat it really was, okay? It was in the 1870s, I think, whenever it opened, and uh, connecting, uh, you know, one side of New York to another side for people to be able to do this, and it took a long time to build this. There's a lot of steel, there's a lot of masonry, there's a lot of stone, there's all kinds of things that are involved. So the first tower that you see, okay, is the first one that was completed was the Brooklyn Tower. And you can see, man, it's huge, it's massive. And, uh, and, 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 and people being able to go back and forth. So you've got this tower that was constructed and it took a while to build this. And then when they started work on the, Man the Manhattan Tower... It, it, it looked like it slowed down. At one point, people started getting upset about how slow the process was taking. You know, we know that construction never takes long, right? And uh, that's a joke, sarcasm. And, but, but here's what was going on. Work was happening, but people didn't understand that work was going on. They just saw the first tower go up, and they figured the next tower would go up really fast, but, but here's what happened. The, the, the chief engineer, because he was getting so much criticism at the time, had to address the public to say, you need to understand, work is going on, you just can't see it. All the stuff you see in the Brooklyn Tower that is above, there's just as much that is going on below the waterline. You just can't see the work that's being done right now. That's what he had to say to people, which to be patient. Work is happening. There's construction that's going on. There's a foundation that is being laid. And if the foundation is not properly laid, then the stuff that's on the, what everybody can see, the stuff is not going to be stable. So there's a guy named Gordon McDonald that wrote a book to pastors and to church leaders. And he uses this as an illustration. And what, what he says is this, is he tells Pastors, and I read. I think this isn't just for pastors. Let me tell you, I think this is for every follower of Jesus, not just pastors. Every follower of Jesus. And here is the thing: what he says is, you got to pay attention to the things in your life that nobody sees except you. 
And in fact, what we could say, the way we would say it is this, is what you do in private affects who you are in public. What you're doing where nobody is watching and where it seems like there, it may even feel that way for you in your life that as you are, let me tell you, this is what happens below the waterline where nobody can see. You don't see this in my life. Now I'm going to I'm going to open up a little bit about some of what goes on in my life below the waterline here. Uh, but the reality is you don't see this. You see me in a public uh, format. You see me in a place maybe out in the community. But you don't see what's going on below the waterline. But I'm here to tell you this, that whenever there is a public fracture, it's because below the waterline there were fractures all along. So you got to pay attention to what goes on below the waterline. What you're doing below the waterline is this time alone with God. It's the place where he is laying the foundation for your life to be able to handle the things that are out in public. This is what is so critical. And again, what you do in private affects who you are in public. When I have a solid private life alone with the Lord, one that is real, one that I'm not just going through motions, one that is, that is not fake, one that actually is bringing transformation in my life below the waterline, my family receives the benefits of that. You do. Others that I engage with. And so I, what I want you to understand is that this time below the waterline, what makes the bridge of your... You are a bridge. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a bridge for somebody. And your bridge is either really unstable or, and no foundation, or people are... Many, many are able to cross over because you're doing a good job of helping people be able to get to this other side, right? Be able to understand what it means to follow Jesus. I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about living in a relationship with God, walking in a relationship with God. You want to ask yourself, what kind of bridge am I? The chair is where God does this audit of my heart, this audit of my life, of my attitudes, of my actions, of my reactions, and many times my overreactions. This is where the work below the waterline happens and where I exchange some of the things that are not Christ-like for the things of Jesus and I begin to follow him in the way of Jesus. This is what we've been getting at in this series. This is what, what is so important. And um, I just want you to know that there are different kinds of folks that are here today. Okay, and the different kinds of folks are some of you that nobody's ever told you about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And I want you to know that you have found a church that that is our hope to help you know not to be religious, not to be a Baptist or a Catholic or any denomination. We want to help you know what it means to enjoy the relationship with Jesus that you are made for. Amen, right? That's what we're here. And so we want to help you with that. Now, there are some of you who are here today, and when I talk about chair time or quiet time or I talk about this, you are solid. You are doing really well. And this is what I, I felt led to say to you today. This is a moment for you to realize what a privilege the chair is that you get to be in direct relationship with your father. You don't have to go to a pastor to get to God. And, and I want to ask you to press in on that. Now, the other thing that the Lord pressed on my heart to say to you is if that's going well for you, who are you showing how to do this? Okay, we're going to get into this in a second. Are you teaching someone else what... 
We can't presume everyone knows how to do this. Are you teaching someone else what it means to follow Jesus? That's called discipleship. Okay, so, and then what I want to ask you to do is just give thanks to God. If that's you, you're doing well, and then start thinking, who am I teaching? Am I teaching someone how to do this, okay? Then there's another group of you that are here today. And that group of you, whenever I started talking about Elmo at first, it's kind of funny, but last service felt the same thing. It got serious really quick. Because I think there was something that resonates with people's hearts. There's a brokenness and a struggle and a weariness. Some maybe started tearing up in the first service because you could have, you didn't post that, maybe, I guess, I don't know, but you could have when we asked a question instead of just, yeah, I'm okay, how are you? If you got real about how you're really doing, you, you realize, maybe you're the one, I'm depressed and I'm broke. I'm the one that's struggling with anxiety. I'm the one that feels like I just want to go back to sleep. I'm the one that, and you know what I just wanted to say to you today so much I believe the Lord wants me to say this to you today, is there is an invitation to you today. This isn't to beat you up in any way today. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. I offer you myself. I want to be in your life. I want to help you with these things that you're struggling with. I want to be in your life. You're not made to go through this stuff by yourself. You know that? (laughs) Number one, you need Jesus. And so some of you, you just need to be reminded of that today. Maybe you did this at one point and and life got busy. Sometimes it gets busy, doesn't it? And you just started neglecting the chair a little bit. Next thing you know, it was not two days. It was a week or a month or maybe it's been a year. Maybe it's been 10 years. The invitation still stands to you today. Jesus says, I'm not here to beat you up today. Jesus says, come to me today. Come to me today. Let's get this chair time going again with you today and I want to walk with you in this. This I just some of you you needed to hear that. And then there are some of you today where you're like, Bart, man, I believe you. <laughs> I want to have this chair time. It sounds good. I don't nobody's ever showed me, nobody's ever told me how to do this. I want you to know you picked a really good day. I had a man who came up to me in the last service and he's been in our church for a little while and, and he he's not embarrassed to say this. And I want to tell all of you this. I said, is it okay if I say this? And he said, yeah. He asked me a question. He's been in our church for a while. He's serving in our church. And when we started talking about some of this, he said to me, he said, nobody's ever showed me how to pray. And he said, I'm not embarrassed to ask you that. I want to say this. We want to be the kind of church where you are not embarrassed to ask how to do things. We want to knock that barrier down for you to feel like, Your pastors and other leaders who are here, because your pastors can't do it all, we're here to help you grow. And so there's some of you here today, nobody's ever showed you. you. Maybe you've been in church your whole life. Nobody's ever taught you. Nobody's ever discipled you. Nobody's ever poured into you. And I want to tell you that if that is the case, then we have failed you. And we repent in that. And we want to come alongside you. And be sure that we're not growing a crowd, we're growing a church. Of what it, our, 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 wouldn't you say our world needs that? Yeah, wouldn't you say you need that? I agree. I think that that is the case. And so what I want to do for these, these next few moments is this is going uh, to be very different for a few moments. Okay? And I promise if you're new here and maybe you're checking this out, um, not every Sunday is exactly like this. Um, I promise if maybe you're hoping I'm, you're going to get more scripture today, I'll get to some more scripture in a moment. 
Um, but th- today is really different. I felt, le- I felt led by the Lord to do something really different with you. I want to I talk about some ways that people who have had success in their chair time, listen, not just for a few years, but let's say for centuries, even millennia, people who have, have found ways, practices, spiritual disciplines of how to grow, what's the goal? The goal is what? To be like Jesus. How have they done that? What have been some things? And now you don't have to do all these. I'm just going to give you, I'm going to expose you for a few moments to some ways that you could maybe some steps you could start taking to just help you. Okay. As if the way I envisioned it, I was sitting down with you in a local coffee shop and you were asking me, Pastor Mark, could you coach me a little bit about how to grow to be like Jesus? And this is what I would do with you. This is what I wanted that time to look like. Like I'm sitting with you. We're having coffee. We're dialoguing. I'm telling you some things that have helped me, some things that others have found. Does that make sense? Okay. So let me jump into this really just for a moment. So what have been some of those practices that people have experienced that have been good? One of these, and all right, now this is just some of them. Okay. One of these practices has been through what's called devotional guides. All right. Let me just explain this real quick. Devotional guides should be centered in God's word always, not just what somebody thinks or whatever, but it starts with God's word, and then there is maybe a little commentary on some thoughts that someone is writing these, okay? And there's one that I exposed you to last week that I think has been really good. It's been good for me. I've recommended it to a lot of people. Obviously, I think it's good because here I will tell you it is rooted in God's word. The author of this writes this. It's, it's for you. You can go to first 15. We had a QR code for it last week, but you can go to first 15 and the idea is your first 15 minutes or so. And what you do is he starts with, with the scripture. Okay. As you should, there's some commentary on what some of it means to help you understand in it. And there'll be some thoughts that he will have every time that I never thought about that passage of scripture that way. He's just really gifted. His last name is Dennison, okay, who writes this. can't remember his first name. Um, but, but he writes, Craig, Craig Dennison. And he, he writes, and then what he'll have next is a guided prayer of what you just read of how to take what you just got in the chair with you into the day. There's a few moments, and it's just a few moments, okay? Uh, next part he'll have, and I don't do this every day. I don't even do this thing every day. I'm just saying sometimes I use this. Um, He'll have a, a worship song that's on YouTube that's connected to this that you can worship. Some days I feel led to do that. A lot of days I skip through that. And then at the very end, there's one point of what I take out of this. I just want you to know that's one devotional guide. There are so many for you that we have access to today. This is one that I would, I would recommend to you. We have it actually on our website, okay, for you to know how to, to do some of this. This is a good place to start. Now, there's some, of you, there's some of you are like, man, I can't handle having an app because I can't handle, like you talked about last week, Bart, my phone starts blowing up. I just can't handle it. I've got to put the, the phone away. I've got to put it in an envelope. I've got to staple it. I've got yeah, to get it away from me, okay? I get that, right? Now, remember, the phone is, like my wife said to me, she says so wisely, she said, it's like fire. It can be a great tool or it can burn everything down, you got to harness the tool, okay? So there is this, this is one. So if you can't handle that, then 
There, here's some. This one's called Our Daily Bread. This is another kind of devotional that's out there, and it's geared for a daily thing where, you, where it's the same kind of thing. Here's another one. This one's been around since the 1920s, I believe. It's My Utmost for His Highest, which is written by Oswald Chambers, and I've used that before. My wife has used that before. Um, it's good. It's the same kind of idea. Right? I'm just wanting you to know that there are a number of ways for you to begin. If you don't know where to start, this is a good place to start. Now, there are some of you that are like, well, that's not really my thing. I don't want to do that. And again, this, I'm not telling you to do all these things. I'm just telling you what some have done. You may want to do this. You may want to jump right into Bible reading. Okay? Where this is another practice. Okay? Let's bring that up on the screen. You've got another practice is Bible reading. Okay, so you have devotional guides. And this is what I would tell you about Bible reading. You guys know this, okay, if we were really to be honest. I won't do this to you. But if I were to say, how many of you have read through the Bible? I think honestly, and this isn't to shame anybody, there would be many who would say, I've never done it. I've never done it. I, I believe, I believe it, but I haven't read it for myself. And that's not to shame anyone. Let's just get real about it. It's a truth that many of us, we just don't do this. A lot of us, we don't know how to do it. Maybe we pastors have presumed that everyone knows how to do this. And we shouldn't. So Bible reading. You can, for some of us, you can decide, this is what I do. Sometimes I read big. And what I mean whenever I'm in a season where I'm reading big, I'm getting through the Bible in a year. Okay, I'm going to, and now this is my problem. I'm very task oriented. I'm, I'm competitive. I'm like, let's go. I got to get this done. And there've been times where I've started doing that. And I started realizing I'm just reading with my eyes. I'm not reading with my heart. So let me tell you, the goal is not get through the Bible in the year. What is the goal? What's the goal? Be like Jesus. So two years ago, whenever I was running through the Bible in a year and I was walking away and I wasn't really feeling like I was experiencing transformation, I felt like the Lord said, slow down. What is your hurry with me? And so some of you, that's what you need to hear. You need to read small. You realize God could change your life with one verse. <laughs> one verse. Maybe that's all you need to, is a verse, one nugget, one something in that day. Read small. Here's some more ways for you to begin to experience this. Again, I know there's a lot of you that know about this, okay? You, you could maybe go to Uversion. This is, you could put this on your phone, Uversion app. Many of you have this. Many of you use this. I noticed Pastor Danny had it up here a minute ago when he was reading a passage, Okay, you can take this with you everywhere you go, and there's a lot of there's a, lo a lot of versions that are on there. There are also I want you to know there is um, there there's a lot of Bible reading plans. There's different kinds. There are some that are called chronological. If you want to read through cover to cover, you can do it that way, book book to the end of the book, right? Genesis to Revelation. There are some that are chronological. You know that, right? The Bible is not laid out in a chronological type sense. Some of you maybe didn't know that. I want to be sure you know that. There are some that will put it chronological. There are some that will put Old Testament in these, in these plans, some New Testament, a little bit of Proverbs, and maybe some Psalms. Maybe that's what you want to do. Okay, I'm just wanting you to know there's a lot of choices. And please, you need to hear this from me. Do you realize that you live, you and I, we live in a generation that has more access to the Bible than any generation that has ever lived? And people have died 
for that for us to get it. I just want us to know that you can, that is, that is a way that is transforming my life. I'm not totally transformed yet. It's still transformed. So I read God's word a little bit every day. And now there's, there's a couple of things that might help you with this. Have you ever read the Bible and you're like, I have no idea what that means. Okay, be real. Come on. <laughs> I'm a pastor and I would tell you, I'm like, I don't get that, man. What? Bible project is something that, uh, and you may not agree with everything that they say. That's fine too. But they do a really good job of taking about five or six minutes of explaining a book of the Bible or a principle or a theme. They're really solid in this. And I want you to know that's another tool for you. And maybe, have you ever been reading? You're like, I don't know what that means. And I don't have time to watch this video or whatever. Because there's some videos. You can go Bible Project there. But here's another one. GotQuestions.org. This is also an app that you can pick up. And this is what I call it. Because sometimes I'm reading and I'm like, I don't understand what that means. This is what I call this. Because you can't always call me. And sometimes when you call me, I don't know. Uh, you, you can't always call Pastor Randy or whoever it is. This is what I call this. This is Pastor in a Pocket. This is like professor in a pocket. As you start struggling with, I don't get that. And that's what the Lord told me a couple years ago. Slow down, Bart. If you don't understand what that means, what are you trying to rush through? You need to begin to understand. And so there's a lot of times I have to go, I don't understand this, Lord. And I may grapple with a verse for a couple of days or a week or whatever. Um, hope one morning as we sit and we have coffee uh, and on Saturday mornings, that's a precious time for us. She's reading her Bible and, and uh, my wife, she was in the last service and, and uh, she's married to a pastor. And so she, she likes to ask me lots of questions and I'm like, man, you're cutting in on my chair time. All right? I'm off the clock. Um, and so I said, let me show you, let me show you something. And this is what I said, go to got questions, okay, ask him, don't ask me. That's why, okay, that was Saturday morning, that was really rude, and so I needed more chair time. Um, but I'm just, I'm trying to help you see when you can't always have your pastor with you. This is what we begin to do, we start, we start learning to feed ourselves, right? This is what we do as we begin to grow. Now this is another thing um, that you can do, this is Bible memorization. And I'm going to tell you that I stopped doing this for a while. Can I tell you why I stopped? Not because I have the Bible memorized. I do not. I stopped because it's hard. And I'm getting older. And it's harder to remember things. What we're talking about here are practices, disciplines. That's what we're talking about. Where you got to make yourself do some things. I've started doing this again. My wife, Hope, we've also, we've started doing this together. And uh, because it's important that we hide God's word in our heart. We don't just see it on the pages, but it's in our heart. And so we've started doing this again and, and helping each other. And, and Hope did have a picture of me on her home screen, on her phone. And I noticed this last week that I was gone off of her home screen on her phone Probably because I said, go to God questions, quit asking me. <laughs> but, but you know what she had on there? The Bible verse that we are memorizing together this week. And she said, as often as I go to this thing, that needs to be the first thing I see, not my husband. Okay? And I'm like, yeah, you do. I couldn't argue with that. That's good. Um, I just want you to know, but these are some things that you can begin to do. Let's, let's begin to explore. By the way, if you want to be like Jesus, this is what Jesus did. When Satan came and was tempting him, Jesus had God's word hidden in his heart. 
And that's how he dealt with Satan. Okay, now there's another, another part of this, and this is what the man brought up to me last, uh, last service, and this is this area of prayer. And I know that some of you are like, okay, Bart, that's great. I get in this thing. All right, I'll do the chair time. I get here. I love you, Lord. Thanks for the food. Thanks for the... And I don't know what else to say. I got a couple minutes and I'm done. If I'm lucky, I've got a couple minutes. Let's be real. A lot of us, that would be where we would be. Okay? And me too. And so this time of prayer, I, what I want to show you is something that someone showed. I didn't come up with this. Someone showed me this a while back. It's helped me. And maybe it'll help some of you. And, uh, and, and it's this word acts. And here's what it looks like. Adoration. I start by just talking to God and telling him, who, who he is to me. I adore him. And then there's a time of confession. Okay, now by the way, in the adoration part, you may be like, um, I love you, God. Thanks, God, you're awesome. And then I got nothing else. I don't know what else to say there. Um, I've, we've put some tools on a page for you uh, that is eaglesview.church slash chair. And you can scan that QR code. It will go to that page on our website. And this is what I want you to know. We're putting tools in your toolbox. You don't have to do all these. We're just wanting to help you with some things. The acts should be on there. Now, the adoration part, maybe I don't know what to say to God. You know, it's something someone showed me a while back that really has helped me that I use nearly every day. This is what I use in that adoration time. There are, God has, do you realize God has many, many names? Many names. And so I have on my phone, on a prayer app that I utilize, the names of God, and as I don't know what to say, I start reading those, and then I, Jehovah Shalom. You know what that means? The Lord is my peace. Lord, you are my peace today. Do you see how, do you see what I'm saying? This is what I, I begin to do. It's been helpful for me. Uh, Je, Je, Jehovah Rohi. Do you know what that means? The Lord is my, Pastor Danny said it a minute ago, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. You sang this a few minutes ago, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my, come on, provider. Lord, you provide for me. I've been worried about not having enough or I've been discontent. These kinds of things start, this is what I'm saying, these kinds of things start pushing out this other stuff, the worry, all the other things. So the confession part, this is where, this is where I've got to come to him and I say, I need to repent because I've sinned against you, God. I sinned in the way that I talked to that person yesterday. I was short with him. Or I, 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 and this is where he says, this is where I invite you to come to me, okay? I don't lose my relationship with Jesus because I've sinned, but I can have broken fellowship. And this is where he forgives me and I experience that forgiveness and I take forgiveness into the day. And then supplication, you're like, what in the world is that? Okay, it's a big word for this, your requests. And this is where I start talking to him about things that, Lord, I need this in my life. And, but I also, it's requests that others have asked me to pray for. So this prayer is, this is just one way. There's so many ways. And this is what the man said to me who's in our church for He said, Nobody's ever taught me how to pray. Would you teach me how to pray, Bart? I said, you realize the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. It's okay to say, would you teach us this? Teach us. Ask somebody who's on staff. Ask somebody who's a, a pastor here. Ask somebody who's not. But it's okay. This is a safe place to say, nobody's ever taught me that. 
I want, I want this to be a place where you can do this. So I use this app uh, to organize because I'm very scattered and I'm very ADD. No way. Um, oh, that's neat. Um, no, kidding. Um, but I use this app called Echo. This is just one prayer app. Remember, it's a tool. You don't have to use it, but I use Echo. And what I use Echo for is to organize my prayers because I can get very scattered. And next thing you know, I'm praying over waffles or something. It doesn't even matter. Um, but, but Echo is something that I use. And you know what? Instead of me only getting notifications in my, on my phone that go, that's ESPN for you sports people or non-sports people. I start getting notifications of prayer for you because I organize it to send me notifications. When, when people come up to us and say, hey, would you pray about this for us or whatever, how many times do we say, we'll do it? I, man, I got you. I pray. And then we walk away, and what do we do? We forget. So what I've tried to start disciplining myself to do is whenever someone starts saying, Pastor Bart, will you pray with me? Yes. But I'm very scattered. Let me, let me put it in my phone. I'm going to put you in my app. I know how to pray for you now. This organ and, then, and, then, and then I organize my prayer. Every, every morning at 6.30, I get a notification to be sure to pray for my wife, Hope, who has just gone to school to teach many of your kids. I get a notification later to pray for my kids. You see, and I'm walking with the Lord throughout the day. This is just one way to do it. One way, all right? I'm just, I'm just trying to expose you to some of these things that have been helpful. This is how you're building below the waterline. This is how you're, what you're doing in your private life is spilling over into your public life with others because you are a bridge. Now, I want to kind of wrap this with um, 24 years ago, God brought a man into my life. We started this church 25 years ago. I was already a pastor. I was inexperienced. I was struggling, but the Lord brought a man in my life who was 85 years old, who had been a believer for a while and was deeply rooted in Jesus. His name was Cecil. You'll hear me mention him a lot. And, and Cecil started teaching me. He saw that I was a bridge that was a little unstable. He started teaching me about how to go to work beneath the waterline and some of the things that Cecil really taught me was, was to ask this question, okay? And here's the question when you're in your chair time that I typically have on a regular basis. How is my heart? This is a self-assessment time. Self-assessment, self-audit, audit with God. How's my heart? You say, why the heart? You know what Solomon says? Solomon said, we read it last week, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. My chair time is where I get my heart right and it's where I guard my heart. And I ask the question when I sit down or I'm walking or whatever it is, how's my heart today? And this is typically if I'm real with God, which I want to be because he's invited me to be. This is where I also start asking these questions right here. What am I mad about today? Why did I wake up mad? Why am I so mad at Randy right now? God, no, okay. Why am I mad? Uh, what am I mad about, God? I feel anger in my heart today. And when there's anger in my heart and I don't deal with it in the chair, 
I'm telling you, the anger's going to spill over to you and to my kids and to my wife and the people where I'm driving. You see what I'm saying? I got to deal with this stuff that's in my heart. Why do I have an angry heart today, God? This is where I talk to him. What am I, why am I sad today? Kind of just, well, I'm asking, but I'm always going to be this. I'm just going to tell you there's some days I wake up feeling depressed. If you're new here, I want you to know that. I don't know why some days. Some days I just wake up and I'm really sad. And I don't know why. Why am I sad today, God? Why do I feel this grief? Hey, by the way, read the Psalms. You'll find that David and the others said the same kind of stuff. Or I'm really just feeling glad today, God. I'm, I'm excited today. And a lot of days it is like that. But there's also days where I wake up or maybe I, I didn't have to wake up because I'd been up all night worrying about something. Why do I feel afraid about this right now? I'm, I'm giving you tools to say how to begin the dialogue with God that he welcomes and that he invites you to. Why am I, what am I afraid about? What, what am I ashamed of? Oh, maybe I need to confess that to you, God. I feel ashamed in this. I, I feel conviction about this. By the way, when I start feeling ashamed, I have to start being reminded of who I am and my identity that he didn't come to give me shame. I don't need to be ashamed. I'm a son of God. <laughs> You see, this is what happens in the chair. And if I don't do it, then I inflict myself upon you. The chair time is so precious and it's so transformative. So this is, this is a question. Let's roll into the, one of the next questions, okay, that in the chair time. Now, I know some of you are like, dude, I've got to go to work, man. I don't have time. You don't have to do all of these things. These are just a few of these things, okay? This is a few things. That you just pick one. Pick something. And this is what, no matter how I'm feeling, I always turn it back to gratitude. I've disciplined myself over these last few years, whether I'm feeling grateful or not, to tell God, and I, I record it digitally, God, these are three things that I am thankful for today. I make myself say those things. Because you know what? Some days I wake up discontent. Some days I wake up feeling like I wish I had something else or I want. And this is where I go, no, I'm going to choose gratitude today. And I found, I go back and I read these things, okay, because I've kept them over the years. I found that I say I'm thankful for my family a lot and I'm thankful for food a lot. I've said that a lot, okay. You don't have to come up with something profound here. This is just disciplining yourself to tell God thank you every day and you will be surprised at how intentional gratitude will begin to transform you it will transform you and then I ask this question as I read my Bible too who needs my encouragement today now I'm taking my eyes off of myself and and sometimes God will put one of your faces in my brain and this is where I stop and I go you know it's not hard for me to send a text right now it's not hard for me to, some days I don't get anything. I'm like, I don't know who today, God. And then he says, walk with me when you get up out of this chair and I'll show you somebody. And then I'm on mission with him on that day to encourage somebody. Here's another question I have to ask because I've received a lot of forgiveness. Here's what, do I need to forgive somebody today? 
Is there somebody that needs some mercy for me today? I sometimes have to spend a lot of time on that one right there, if I'm just being honest. And then when I'm feeling anxious, this is one I have to deal with right here. Am I trying to control something that I need to surrender? This is where I stop striving. I open my hands and I say, I release this to you. And now Jesus says, you're ready, let's go. (laughs) I'm just wanting you to see that's what he's invited you and me into. Not just to check off the church list, I came. He invited you and has invited you into relationship with him. So as I close this, I want you to, I had this image that came to me um, last Monday night. I left church, I went to bed, I woke up at like 1 o'clock in the morning, and you all were on my mind. I was thinking about you, and I was thinking, God, I just want to help our church. I want to help them know what chair time means. And, And I felt like God gave me this image of a high chair. There's different kinds of chairs, aren't there? And And then he gave me this passage of scripture that's in Hebrews chapter 5. And what you should know about this passage, right? And I didn't hear an audible voice, but I got this image of a high high chair, started chuckling to myself. I started thinking, man, I ought to try to sit in that chair. No, I shouldn't do that. I can't get my rear end in there. Uh, I'll fall over. Uh, But I started thinking about this chair, and I started thinking, oh, I wonder why he's giving me this. And then Hebrews 5 the author of Hebrews was writing to a group of people that he was a church, a group of church people who were, he was trying to help them go deeper with Jesus because they were suffering and desperate and struggling and being beaten up by the world. And he starts talking about how Jesus is their high priest and then he's like going into deep stuff and then he stops and you know what he says? He says these words to them. He says there's much more We would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain. Now, he gets a little rough. I'm just being honest with you. Especially since you are, he's talking to church people, spiritually dull and you don't seem to listen. And that was his mic drop moment. Boom, right? In other words, you get a lot of information week after week after week after week. But he said there's no roots that are growing in you. So every storm that comes, you're getting swept You're getting beat up. You're getting, you know, and then this is what he says. He goes on. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. So he's like, you've been doing this for a while. You've been hearing the same stuff over and over. And then he's essentially saying, who are you showing how to do this? Instead, he says, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word, you're like, and this is what he uses, you're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Now, I'm not saying that to you guys. I'm just, you know, unless it's speaking to you, okay? I'm not meaning to insult us. What I'm just saying is this, this guy was trying to pastor his people to get deeper in Christ. And what he's saying is you're like babies, you need milk. You, you got to get out of the high chair, And some, it's like some, we think it's silly if an adult was sitting in this, but in the reality, for some, we've been in churches all our lives, but we've not grown anymore to be like Jesus. 
And it's like we're sitting in a high chair. And what I felt like the Lord gave me to give to you is it's not to shame you if you're in the high chair, but it's our role to help. If you're in the high chair, just admit it. I'm in the high chair, man. I need to know how to grow. It's to help you get out of the high chair and to help you get into this chair. So that this is where the work below the surface happens. But I think for so many of us, we've been contented to stay in the high chair. And it's just not healthy. My son, I came home when he was a young teenager and he had cooked himself bacon and eggs. I was thankful he didn't burn the house down. But I was also like, the boy's growing up. He's not waiting for his mommy and daddy to feed him. He's feeding himself. And this is what Christ followers have to learn to begin to do, is to feed ourselves. Which chair are you in? If you're in this one, it's okay. Let's help you get over here to this one. My friend, high school friend, came up to me, jumped up on stage with me after service, and he said, I'm 52 years old, and he said, dude, I, I'm in this chair, and I'm tired of being in this chair. I said, well, that's an awesome thing that you'd admit that to me with no shame. I said, call me this week. Let's help start getting you in this chair. That's what your church is for. That's what your pastors are for. Because we want you rooted deep in Jesus. We want you to be the stable bridge that people can cross over to know God. Amen. Let's pray. We love you, Lord. And are thankful that you've given us the privilege of relationship with you. Lord, you know our goal is not to be this big church. Lord, our goal is to dis just to see disciples that are being developed, that are making disciples, that are making disciples, that are making disciples. I thank you, Lord. Randy told me <laughs> yesterday our church has grown by 20% in the last five weeks. I praise the Lord for that. But Lord, we want to grow people. So as you sit before the Lord and you do an honest assessment, which chair are you in? As you, uh, some of you maybe, you realize you're doing really well. Praise the Lord. Who, who are you going to start teaching this? Some of you, maybe you resonated with the question that Elmo asked and it just kind of tugged at your heart because you're struggling and Jesus invites you to come to him today. Some of you, you, uh, you have no idea how to begin to do this. I pray that we could help you begin. And you can email us or text us at EVC Follow at 94,000. We want to help you with that. Some of you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. He invites you to himself. He offers you himself. Put your faith in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for teaching us today. It's been a different kind of message. I pray that you use it to strengthen every person who is here who will partner with you in this in Jesus' name.